Welcome to the Disciples Dialogue, where believers celebrate their commonalities, share their testimonies, and edify the body of Christ. Each episode contains healthy conversations between Brother Jill and a guest speaker. Thanks for joining the Disciples Dialogue. Praise the Lord, everyone. Welcome back to the Disciples Dialogue. I have another guest speaker with me today. I'm very excited to bring to you all today a friend of mine, a brother in the church, uh, someone that I've I've been anxiously awaiting the opportunity to have as a guest on the Disciples Dialogue, Brother Alvaro Zunix. Welcome to the Disciples Dialogue. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, it's a privilege for me to be uh, part of this and to be here. Amen. We're so glad that you... Uh, made time, took time out of your busy schedule to come and join us. Um, for anybody who doesn't know Brother Zunix, I'm going to just dote on you a little bit for just a moment. Right. Uh, I don't know Brother Zunix, you know, I haven't known you for many years, but uh, I will say this uh, to anybody who doesn't know you, this man, he has, he's the real deal. Uh, Brother Zunix is the real deal, and anybody who does know him knows what I mean when I say that. Uh he walks into a room and changes the atmosphere. He carries uh, the Holy Ghost with him everywhere that he goes, and it, it, it shows, it shines through you. And I, I want to publicly uh, tell you, Brother Zunix, that I appreciate your ministry. I appreciate your friendship, and um, and I and I, I'll be honest with you, I look up to you as a minister, as a man. I look up to you, and I, I really appreciate. Um, the way you carry yourself, and I, I thank God for you. Well, thank you. Uh, that's very, uh, yeah, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. You but, just, uh, <clears throat> yeah, the Lord's good. Amen. Yes, he sir. is good. He is good. Well, today I've got Brother Zunix on the Disciples Dialogue to talk about something that I believe, uh, I, no, no doubt in my mind, that he will be able to uh, shed some light on this topic Um and it's a very important topic to me, uh, and and should be to a lot of people. Uh, I guess that you've seen in the title, um, we've titled this "Such is the Kingdom," and many of you may know where that reference is from. It's out of the Gospel account of Matthew, chapter nineteen, uh, verses thirteen through fifteen. Um, Jesus is talking about little children, and just to open up uh, before we get into it, Brother Zunix, I want to read just a few verses of scripture here in Matthew 19. Uh, the scripture says, then were there brought unto him talking about Jesus, little children that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And to me, that is such a bold statement. It went against the grain. Um, Jesus spoke up uh, in, uh, in spite of what his disciples even thought would be the right answer. Uh, these, the disciples didn't think that these kids should be coming around bothering the Messiah. Um, after all, this is God walking in the flesh. Leave him alone. You know, uh, Keep your little kids over there. But Jesus said not so. Uh, don't don't forbid them to come to me because such is the kingdom of heaven. And so, Brother Zunix, I want to throw this idea to you 
and you're a father of, of, of children and um, you have some experience in raising kids and you know the importance of children and also even the spiritual context of that. So why don't you start us off today and and what comes to your mind when you think about this kingdom that Jesus was talking about that is of little children? Well, um, there's also a scripture. I'm not sure if it's in the same chapter, but it talks about that if we don't become like a children, we will not be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm. So um, <clears throat> what comes to my mind is, you know, just like Pastor had, uh, he always said during uh, teaching or preaching, you know, their kids, children are not the future church, but mm. he said they are the present church. That's they right. Are the church of today. Yes, sir. And that is, um, and that's uh, that's truth. Because we are, man, we can learn a lot from kids. Mm-hmm. I learn a lot from my kids, you yeah. know. Uh, just anything, they just have this, uh, uh, that their mind, their imagination and everything is just easy for them to believe. Yes, it is. It's very easy for them to believe, you know, especially the things of God. I talk with my kids about the things of God, about the Bible, and, you know, I would say something that is not very how do you say this word? Profound. Mm-hmm. It's not very deep, but for them, it's just like it's just amazing. I can see the excitement on their face. Yes, and they were like, "Wow, where did you get that from, Daddy?" I'm like, oh, "It's right there. I just <laughs> read it. You know, it's just it's, it's just it's just amazing." So I think um, when it comes to kids, it's very very important, you know, to uh, include them in church and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, you know, when we moved, we went to California from Virginia. My wife and I, we moved. Uh, at that time, we had three kids, mm-hmm. three boys. Uh, we moved and um, we went to uh, the Eureka Pentecostal Church in California. It was so amazing. Mm-hmm. They had a kids ministry. It was just amazing. Wow. My kids, they loved it. So uh, when we came back to North Carolina, when we came back, there were no nothing for the kids. Wow. And, uh, you know, and then we were like, my wife and I, this is not good. Mm-hmm. It's just not good mm-hmm. for our kids, you know, because as parents, we we do our job at home and stuff, but it's very important for them to see others as well, yes. you know, uh, in the faith. So um, we were talking to the pastor there in, in, uh, uh, in North Carolina, and I mentioned something about the kids, you know, and, and I'm like, you know, there's nothing for kids anymore here, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, we want something for the kids. So he's like, okay, if it's, he's like, well, we'll see what can we do about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Later on, he came to us, to my wife and I, he's like, will you guys do it? And we're like, of course. Yeah. And we did it, and it, it was so amazing working with the kids. It's so easy to influence them, Yes. you know? And, um, and there are, uh, uh, they're definitely the future of the church, mm-hmm. you know, because if we don't have kids or if we don't involve them in, in, in the truth or raise them in the truth, mm-hmm. you know, they, this one day will die. That's true. Right? That's Just true. like any other business or anything like that. Yes. You know, if you don't train somebody to take over or to keep that going, mm. it will eventually die. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you, you alluded to this. Uh, and I guess I didn't even have this in my notes, but as uh, as we're talking, as you're talking, my mind goes back to um, 
the time when Moses was born, right? The the Egyptian pharaoh who became very concerned uh, simply because the the these Israelite children they were they were very fertile people and they was having kids everywhere, kids popping up, and they was afraid they was going to be outnumbered. And so, what did he do? He he said, you know what, we're going to do. We need to we need to stop them from growing, stop them from multiplying. Because is you know if we can stop this, you know, prevent the next generation from you know having any kids. Of course, if there's no kids, then there can be no future adults yeah. who are going to be a problem for us. And so, I I think that that same tactic is used in you know by the devil today. Uh, he would love to attack this young generation and prevent them from becoming the next strong army of God, of men who can stand up and, uh, and who know how to fight, you know, not with uh, weapons or not with our fists, but with the word of God, with prayer. And so, yes, I believe a hundred percent that that's the enemy's main goal. If he can take out these young children, then of course, he will. He would win the battle, but we know yeah. that God will will always have a people. Oh yeah, and there's going to be some. But it's up to us as parents, as adults, to raise these children the right way and keep them in the church, so that there will be a church tomorrow. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely. Um, it's a great responsibility, uh, but. It's also a privilege, yeah. You know, to uh, to train your kids. I talk to my kids about everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, they know our doctrine. They know, the, you know, uh, the word of the Lord, and they love the Lord. You know, yeah. Because um, I know some kids. A lot. A lot of kids are like, "Man, I can't wait to grow up and take my own decision and leave this stuff." Yeah. You know? yeah. But uh, my kids. Uh, I mean, they're still young. And I know it's not going to get to that point because I'm teaching them how to fall in love with God. There you go. Not just bring them to church. You know, I explain things to them. Mm-hmm. I let them know why and what's the reason mm-hmm. and uh, what's the benefit. Yeah. And also what's the, um, how do you say this word? Um, um, there's benefits, right? And there's their uh, consequences. Yeah. yeah. If we don't... Uh, uh, obey the word of the Lord, but it's not just you know. Sometimes people are like to kids, oh, "You gotta obey this, you gotta do this, you gotta," do, you know, and and it's just sometimes kids and young people they find it's just too much, too much of a burning. Sure. And the word of the Lord is not supposed to be like that. The word mm-hmm. of the Lord says that He's uh, that it's easy, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's. Uh, I know it in Spanish, but in English, <laughs> it's facile ligera mi carga, you know, in Spanish. Okay. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's not a difficult thing to live for God. Uh-huh. And, I, and I try to, you know, I teach my kids that. I'm like, you guys, this is fun. Yeah. And when we come to church, you know, my kids, they're, they're excited. Yeah. You know, we yeah. didn't come yesterday, you, you know, church, because my wife, uh, her back hurts, and I step on a nail and stuff. And mm. It was terrible. So... My kids were like, they were so disappointed yeah. in the morning. We're like, guys, we're sorry, we can't go, you know. Yeah. Uh, they were very disappointed because they're learning how to, you know, to fall in love with God. Yeah. Not, with, not just the church or mm-hmm. the things of God, but with God. Right. 
That's the point, yeah. I believe. So, because um, we met a lot of young people, because in our church, before we moved, we were also working with the youth. Um, we were the youth pastor and stuff. And a lot of the kids, they were like, this is just too much, you know. Mm-hmm. And the problem is because, you know, they kids, they learn from their parents. That's right. You know, if uh, if their parents complain about coming to church or doing stuff for church and stuff like that, then, you know, that they're learning from them. Yeah. So, and then when they grow up, kids, they're like, they're not in love with God. They <laughs> just, you know, and they eventually leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of parents wrongfully will uh, put all the weight on the Sunday school teacher or the Wednesday night teacher and say, well, you know, I'll leave it up to them. To, to make sure my kids know who Jesus is and how to make it to heaven and, and answer all these questions. But we do our children a great disservice, and I, and I don't think that that is fulfilling the Scripture that says raise a child in the way that it should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. Well, it's not the Sunday school uh, teacher's responsibility to raise my child. Yes. I'm the parent. And when the scripture says to train up a child, that responsibility first first and uh, falls first and foremost on me as a father, my wife as a mother, uh, to to teach our kids how to live for God, how to worship God, why we pray, why do we go to church, and to answer these questions. And it's the, in my opinion, it's the Sunday school teacher, the pastor, that further solidifies that. That, that just drives it home, but it starts at home. At home, yes. Right? Uh, and so some of my favorite times as a parent have been when uh, and my daughter's a little, too, a little too young. She's getting close to the age where I can do this with her now. But my son, uh, at nine years old, me and him, or he and I, we can ride down the road, and, and we love just talking about God, talking about the Word. He's nine years old. He, he loves it. He's got questions, and he'll ask some hard questions. And, and I, you know, I just say, look, here's what the Bible says. And, you know, we was talking, I think it was yesterday, riding down the road, we was talking about uh, death. And, you know, these are things that kids at that age, they're going to start thinking about. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, I used to cry myself to sleep at night because I was so scared of dying. And I didn't have anybody. I didn't, my, my dad was not around to comfort me and to answer the questions and tell me why I should not fear death. And so I was able to have that conversation with Hudson and say, you know, you don't have to fear death because Jesus overcame death. And the Bible says that we won't taste of death, but if we're in him and he in us, then we're going to live with him forevermore. And so it's going to be like going to sleep one day. You know, you, I told him, I said, imagine, imagine if you went to sleep in your bedroom, but I came and I, I picked you up in the middle of the night and I took you to the living room and you woke up in the living room and you don't know no different. I said, it's, to me, it's going to be the same thing. I'm going to fall asleep in this life one day, but I'm going to wake up in, in heaven yeah. and I can't wait. Walking on gold. Yeah, walking <laughs> on gold. And so now my kid is excited. My oh, yeah. kid wants to know what heaven's going to be like. And so we look to the word of God and we find out, you know, what it's going to be like. And so uh, that responsibility, though, I said all that to say, that responsibility starts at home. It should start at home. Yes. Amen. Uh, so let me let me say this. 
and I there again, I don't mean to, I'm not blowing smoke. Um, I'm not trying to puff you up or anything like that, but for the listeners, and I'm, I'm being a hundred percent honest when I say this, your children are unique. You and your family are a special, a special family. Um, your kids are even the very youngest one is, I mean, how old is your youngest? Uh, he's, or not the, maybe the youngest, the one, the one that's walking around yeah. worshiping with you now, two, two he's years two old. Years, so yeah. And, up in the front of the church, jumping up and down, wanting to run around and worship God, see him clapping his hands. Uh, and and even some of the older ones uh, of your children, they're so respectful. They're so kind. And, I mean, they're very obedient. Um, I don't think that they give any trouble, at least not here. Maybe yeah. maybe there's a little correction at home, but uh, that's with every kid. Uh, yeah. But I want I want you to know that whatever you're doing, it's working. You're raising your kids, and it shows. Um, I can see that that discipline and that love and the correction, the godly correction showing in their life and the way that they talk to adults, the way that they interact with people. Um, and so why don't you, if you would, speak to that for a moment and what, how, how, is it, how is it that we should raise our children in order to uh, I guess allow them to see the right way to live for God. Well, um, I find a scripture for everything in the Bible, right? So, uh, you know, the book of Ephesians says that to, uh, to not provoke our children to anger, to wrath, yeah, right? yeah. but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Yeah. So uh, that's what we practice, my wife and I, you know. Uh, I'm a little uh, more tough with them. Obviously, I'm the daddy. Sure. You know, uh, we we aim, my wife and I, we aim uh, to be their friends, to be their friends and to treat them as uh, and with respect. Mm-hmm. And uh, we um, we talk to them like they were, like I would talk to you as an adult. Sure. So... Um, we never uh, ignore them if they have a question. You know, sometimes when we're busy, we will push that away. It's like, just get out of here, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, we try to not do that with our kids. You know, so obviously we're not perfect. Sometimes right. we're like a little aggravated. We're <laughs> like, guys, go. and We'll deal with this later, you yeah. know. And yeah. they, and I can see on their face how disappointed they, they get, you know, and they leave. So, um, so we try to... Uh, be their friend and obviously correct them, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and that helps a lot, you know, with their behavior and stuff. Yeah. But I don't just go and, and whip my kids or just spank them and I explain why, mm. you know. That's important. I, you know, after a good correction or a good spanking, you know, uh, because we do spank them. We believe in that because it's biblical, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so after that, I would... Uh, I I actually cry with them after I spank them. So I, I tell them, look, guys, I don't enjoy this. Mm. You know, I don't enjoy spanking you and correcting you this way because because I love you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, the reason why I do this because you're not listening to me or whatever, or we told you to not do it and you did it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that's not right. And I'm trying to teach you and to raise you according to the word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing this because it's my responsibility as a, as a father. Yes. You know, I always told my kid, you know, one day we're going to go f- uh, and stand before the Lord. And he's going to ask me, what do you do with those five talents I gave you? Wow. <laughs> so uh, the Lord's going to ask me where they're at. Mm. You know, and if I fail to teach you guys and to correct you guys, I have to go and tell the Lord what I've done with wow. you. Yeah. Because, you know, um, I know the last episode, it was about, I believe, no, with the one before that, it was about discipleship on. Mm-hmm. On this pod- podcast, mm-hmm. uh, I heard that, and uh, it's all about discipling. It is, you know. I aim my wife and I. We aim to disciple our kids. You know, we treat them as adults. We treat them uh, with respect, with love and kindness. You know, and I tell them, you know, I aim to be your friend. I'm your friend, and I'm your brother in the Lord. You know, because they belong to the Lord, mm-hmm. and we're like, you're you're my brother. You know, we have the same father. Yes. You know, but here on earth, I'm your daddy. That's right. And if if I see something that you're doing that is not right, then I have to I have to do something about it because that's my obligation. And I also uh, one day I have to stand before the Lord and 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 tell Him what I done with you. That's right. So that that's what we do, and it, and it's working. You know, we yeah. do it in love. Sometimes we get a little upset. You know, and we. But then I apologize, and I think my kids, they respect that, and they see that. Sure. You know, I apologize to them. I say, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. I give them a hug, and, you know, even after I spank them sure. or yell at them or whatever. Yeah. And it works. It does. It's just working. You know, the Bible says that the Lord chastens who he loves. He corrects them, those who he loves. And so... Even us as adults, and you alluded to this, that we are children of God. He's our heavenly father. Um, and when we do something wrong, that's what conviction is for. It's, it's you know, we might feel like it's the wrath of God, but it's really not. It's the correction of God. He is, he loves us enough to correct us and to, um, to cause us to feel bad about something that we do wrong so that we move forward and not do it again. And thus, you know, the same goes with us and our children. Um, I've done the same thing, what you talked about, uh, you know, give my, gives Hudson a, a much needed spanking. And after it, you know, he's crying and everything. I pull him in for a hug and I say, look, I love you, you know, and he may not think that that's the right time or he may not feel like I love him in that moment, but I want him to hear, uh, that I do love him and it's because I love him that I'm willing to correct him and also forgive him. And I think that's a big part of, of children is it's one thing to correct them, but it's another thing to make them know that you forgive them because kids can get over a spanking. My kids, I can spank them one minute, the next minute they're jumping off the house on, you know, they don't, they don't forgot about it. But if I, remain angry at them that that sticks with them oh yes forever far more than than a spanking they they don't care about the spanking but if they know daddy's angry with them if they know that daddy's still thinking about it has not let it go yet they if i'm disappointed in them that affects them internally and that could affect them uh throughout their life even 
So I want my kids to know, just like our Heavenly Father does with us, I forgive you. I will correct you, but I also forgive you. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, uh, let's, let's change gears here. The Scripture talks about Hannah, who prayed in 1 Samuel 9. You can go read about this. Or, excuse me, uh, chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. Um, Hannah prayed for a son. She she couldn't have children. She prayed, God, uh, give me a give me a child. And if you do, if you give me a child, you give me this thing that I desire, then I will turn around and give him right back to you. And of course, if you go read the scriptures, you find out that the Lord did about allowed her to have a child, Samuel. And Samuel um, was was born of Hannah, and then she took him as soon as she, uh, Samuel was weaned. Uh, she took him right back to the house of the Lord, and he was raised in church. The Bible says that she took him back, and he was raised in the house of the Lord, and he began he became a great prophet for God. And so, uh, we have that responsibility not only to raise our children to be good, moral, sane, prudent people, uh, and to treat people with dignity and respect, uh, but further than that, deeper than that, we have the obligation to give them back to God and to say that, you know, that's why we had our kids, uh, you know, consecrated and, and committed back into the hands of the Lord. When, when our kids were born, had pastor pray over them and say, here, you know, you gave them to us. You trusted us with these kids, God. Well, I'm giving them back to you. And, and so I'm going to raise them in church. I'm going to keep them in the house of the Lord. And I believe that God's going to use them to build his kingdom. Oh yes, amen, yes. amen, amen. Uh, um, yeah, I mean they belong to the Lord after all, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we uh, they're a blessing of God. They're uh, it's not like childrens are a product of man effort. They're not, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, uh, you you can do whatever you want, but if God doesn't bless you with a child, there's nothing. You know, if they're a blessing of God, they belong to the Lord. You know, yeah. they belong to the Lord. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, another another scripture that comes or another person that comes to my mind as well. It's uh, Rachel. Mm-hmm. You know, she wasn't able to bear a child. Yeah, and you know, she she asked Jacob. You know, give me a child or I'll die. Yeah, and Jacob was like, "Who do you think I am? <laughs> you know, I'm a man. I'm not God. I'm yeah. not." you know, causing you to not have a child. So, you know, and, and she, you know, obviously the Lord heard her yeah. cry. And, you know, she gave him two kids, right? Yeah. Two kids, Joseph and Benjamin, I believe. So, so yeah, they belong to the Lord. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. And and so when when we are obedient to the scripture. Jesus, we opened up with talking about when Jesus said, uh, suffer the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. These are my children. And and he desires them to come back to him. And we see the result of that. If I can go back to, to Hannah and, and Samuel. Hannah had Samuel. She gave him back to God. And then we see how God used him. God made him a prophet, turned him into a prophet, and began speaking to Samuel. Now understand this. This is this is beautiful in the scripture. 
So Samuel, a young man now, is hanging out with Eli, and and he's all the time at church, and he hears, you know, trying to lay down one night, go to sleep. The voice speaks to him, Samuel. He gets up. He thinks it's Eli. Mm-hmm. He, he, no, it wasn't me. Go back and lay down. This happens time and time again. And then finally, Eli says, oh, I know what's going on here. That's the voice of God speaking to you, and he's calling you. So next time you hear that voice, say, here I am, Lord. How, you know, what would you like me to do? And so the reason why I bring that up is there might be a Samuel, right? Hudson might be a Samuel. Elijah might be a Samuel, right? God is wanting to use them. We might raise them up in church. But when God starts to speak to them, there might need to be another person in the picture, another Eli who says, uh, here's how you hear the voice of God. Here's how you distinguish that voice. Because Hudson or Elijah or any of the, the kids, they they may not understand how God speaks. And so if we don't step up and show them, teach them, here's how you hear the voice of God, here's how you distinguish between the voice of the world and the voice of God, um, how can they know? It's like the Ethiopian eunuch. You know, how can I understand unless a man teach me, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, definitely. I I, I try to, uh, to tell my kids all the time, you know, especially when, when uh, you know, I sometimes I get close to Elisha, you know, when we have such a presence of the Lord here in our services, you know, I get close to him and I tell him, hey, listen to the voice of God. There you go. Pray in tongues because mm. this might be the day God's going to use you. Yeah. Uh, I always get close to him and I whisper in his ear, mm. pray, tell God you're available. Yeah, and uh, because because I know God used kids, He chose Samuel. Sure, I mean it's it's amazing. Samuel was not just a prophet; mm. he was also a priest. Yeah, so he he I believe he's the only prophet who played that role mm. of a prophet and a priesthood wow. in in the Old Testament. Yeah, so if God did it with him, I believe He can do it with our kids. Absolutely. Yeah, Josiah took the throne at eight years old. Yeah, I mean, how, kids were used all throughout the Scripture. Uh, yes. You know, we, we, of course, we find the young boy even uh, when Jesus is preaching to the masses, 5,000 people uh, hungry. And yes. here, the I think the book of John records uh, this one little lad, the Bible says, but it was a, a young boy who had two loaves, five fish. Yeah. And, and Jesus said, I can use that. I can oh, use yeah. that little boy and what he has to offer to feed all these thousands of people. Yeah. How much more could he use our children today to build the kingdom? Oh, yes, I believe that. Yeah. 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 But if we if we interject ourselves and think, I know more, I'm bigger, I'm stronger, I've been around the block, and so y'all kids just go over there, you know, go go play downstairs, and we'll, we'll, we'll do all this spiritual stuff up here. Yeah. If we do that, I wonder how many thousands of people will go hungry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the truth. I I always tell my wife, you know, we, we sometimes we start talking about kids, and I'm like, see, my goal with my kids is, um, is to make them a disciple. Yeah. Because I told my wife, I have five of them. Yeah. And there's five full ministries. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So day. I'm like, I have uh, five of them, and I told my wife if they become great evangelists, great missionaries or pastor or whatever. They impact 
let's say 20, 50,000 people each. Wow. Just imagine how many souls yeah. they're going to win for the kingdom of God. Yeah. So my goal is to disciple my kids. Yeah. Not just to bring them to church, but to disciple them. Wow. So, that, you know, I man, I pray at home and I prophesy over them. I'm like, you're an evangelist, you're a missionary, you're yeah. a pastor, you're such and such. Wow. And, you know, and of course, you know, I encourage their other dream, but I tell them, hey, man, God gave you life, first thing it's God. Yes. It's like it doesn't matter what, yes, you want. Tristan wants to be a surgeon. Mm-hmm. Elisha wants to be an engineer and such and such. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, but you can do all that. Mm-hmm. But you first got to you know, got to give your life to God. That's right. You know, if God comes first, you know. Uh, it's just amazing, you know. I, I heard a, I'm sure you have heard uh, London, uh, is it London? London Gore? London. Okay. I believe it's London Gore. Uh, he's an evangelist. He's amazing. I heard him speaking um, one day. Um, I'm not sure if it was a Bible study or it was one of those sessions that they talked to the youth, you know. Okay. It was just amazing. He's like, oh, probably it wasn't one of his message. He said, you're not an apostolic, uh, you're not a doctor that is apostolic, or you're not an engineer that, and you're apostolic. No, you're an apostolic that happens to be yeah. a doctor. Wow, there you go. An apostolic that happens to yeah. be an engineer, happens to own a company, whatever. There you go. So that's what I try to get in my kids. Mm. Because, you know, the, yeah, uh, because if we don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. That's right. Yeah, you know, just like you said, uh, you know, a minute ago, we, we bring them to church, what, an hour? We, that's not enough. We can't rely on the pastor or yeah. or on the Sunday school teacher to disciple them. Right. That happens at home. That's, you know, Pastor McDonald, uh, that, that's the pastor in Eureka, California, he said, "Ministry begins at home. Yes, everything becomes begins at home. Mm-hmm. You know, if you kids will ever be a preacher, will ever be a missionary, evangelist, or whatever, that happens at home. That's right. Not not at church. Now we know God can call someone out of nowhere. You sure, know? God is capable to do that. But our kids, mm-hmm. apostolic kids, I think it happens at home, mm. like you were saying in the beginning. Wow, you know, <laughs> uh, you said that about the." Your five children, fivefold ministry. You know, if you have four more, then you could operate in all nine gifts of the Spirit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. have one for each gift. Amen. Yeah. I'm not trying to prophesy that into the into existence, but yeah. uh, I'd love to see four more. Yeah. Someone say, "Hey, we're just doing the will of the Lord." <laughs> <laughs> yes, be fruitful, multiply. That's right. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so oh, funny. Uh, so. Samuel, I want to go back to Samuel again. I just my mind keeps turning here, and as we keep talking, you know, Samuel was used uh, as a priest, as a prophet. But think about what he did. Think about who God used to select the king of Israel, David, one of the greatest kings of Israel. Yeah, it was Samuel. Yeah, Samuel was raised in the house of the Lord. Samuel. Uh, was there every day doing doing the will of God, learned to hear the voice of God, which was important important uh, in his uh, latter ministry uh, because had Samuel not learned the voice of God, then he probably would have just said, 
Eliab will be the king. Yeah. Because Eliab was the oldest. He was the biggest, right? He was one of the ones that Jesse ushered in and said, here's all my sons. Uh, if you say one of them is going to be king, yeah. it's probably going to be Eliab. And so if, if Samuel was not tuned into the voice of God and, and knew how to listen for that voice, he would have said, well, yeah, that makes sense to me. Make him king. But one by one, they lined up Jesse's sons. Jesse said, here's all my kids right here. And, you know, it's got to be one of them. Eliab, no, it's not him. Shama, no, no, it's not him. And and one after another. And at the end of all that, Samuel didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Samuel says, something's not right here. God sent me here to pick one of your kids to be the king of Israel, to anoint them king over Israel. Uh, so do you have any other kids? Are there any that's not here? Well, Jesse says, well, there's this one little guy, little ruddy fella. He's a pretty boy. He's out in the field watching the sheep, but you don't want him. He's, he's the smallest. He's the youngest. He's, you know, he's insignificant. I didn't even bring him in here. And won't you know that that's God, how God operates? Oh yeah. I'll take the smallest, the most insignificant, the youngest. It don't, God, it don't matter to God about age. God can use anybody. Oh yeah. And we see that in the life of King David. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And you know, something else that I find amazing about David is he was simply being obedient to what he was asked to do when he was anointed king over Israel. His daddy told him, go watch the sheep. And he maybe even saw his brothers enter into the house. He may have saw the prophet show up to the house off in the distance. He's wondering what's going on over there, but he never left his duty. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm going to keep watching these sheep because that's what my daddy told me to do. Yeah. And out of obedience, matter of fact, God already knew that king that david was going to be king before david knew it oh yes definitely yeah and so i just to me that that excites me to know that god already has a plan for your kids for my kids and for everybody else's kids he already has a, he already knows what they're going to be rulers over and what they're going to uh what they're going to be gifted in he already knows all that he's just waiting on us to be obedient and listen to that voice so that we can learn what he wants us to do yeah and guide them you know yeah as parents you know it's that's our responsibility to guide them yeah yeah just like eli did with samuel mm. you know i yeah. mean he didn't know until until eli told him you know true next time you hear the boys you say hey i'm here yeah i'm here lord what do you want me to do wow and that's what he did and yeah mm. it's just amazing you know, Jesus Jesus was 12 years old when he was first found in the temple. In the temple, yes. yeah, he <laughs> Jesus. Sure. I mean, he was God manifest in the flesh. He could have he could have been slaying demons and doing all kinds of stuff at one years old if he wanted to. I mean, oh, yeah. he, he was God. He could do anything. But he submitted to his parents. He obeyed them. Oh, yes. But yes. when it was time to be used by God. He was found in the temple, in the house of the Lord, and he was teaching. But I don't think you would ever convince me that his mom, Mary, his his earthly father, Joseph, were not at home teaching him, even though he was the son of God, the prophesied Messiah, even though that I think that they were still 
praying the Shema with him. I think they were still teaching him to love God, to respect your elders, to, to honor your mother and your father. I think they, they were teaching him all these things and, and praying, uh, you know, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. I think that even as a child, even Jesus was subject to his mother and his father's teachings. Oh, yes. He was, yeah. He had to have been. Yeah. The Bible said he was a carpenter. So where did he learn that from? From his father. There you go. So uh, we we imagine, even though the Bible doesn't talk much about Joseph, Mm -hmm. probably just once, I believe, it's mentioned in the Bible about Joseph. But he he played a a huge role in in his life. Sure. Yeah. And helped shape the man that Jesus was to become. Yes. Yes. What are we shaping? Right? What are we shaping? Yeah, that's that's an important question. What are we shaping? Yeah. You know, I I look at it like this, Brother Zunix. I've thought about it like this. And I'm not trying to tell anybody how to parent their children. You parent whatever way you deem is fit. I hope it lines up with the Word of God. But for me, I think about when I work on something. Matter of fact, my son was riding his four-wheeler yesterday, and I noticed that it was the chain was slipping on, on the uh, sprocket. And I said, hey, bring that thing over here. We'll, we'll look at it. We'll fix it up. He brings it over there. The chain's loose, missing. The bolts were loose. It was about to fall apart. And I said, well, yeah. look, we got to fix this thing, make it safe. So he brings it over there. And, and I could have said, look, you go play. You know, get away from me. Give me some time. Give me some space. Let me fix this thing. This is man stuff. This is what the dad is for. You know, let me do all this, and you go. You go be a kid. But what? Rather, what I did was I said, "Come over here. I want to show you something." Yeah. I said, "Look right down here. You see that? You see how that chain's loose? Well, we got to fix that. And here's how you fix it." I said, "Go in there. We're gonna get some tools." And then I showed him step by step how to adjust, how to, I even let him put his hand on the wrench and, and sometimes he couldn't do it. Sometimes he couldn't break it because it was so strong. And he said, I, I don't know how to do it. I said, here, let me help you. But I'm teaching him so that one day if he is out on his own and, and he has a, a problem, mechanical problem, now I'm no mechanic, but uh, he'll remember dad showed me how to do this. My yeah. father showed me how to do this. And the thing, the even more importantly, the same thing goes for the house of the Lord. One day my kid's going to be grown. He's going to be out in the world, and the devil's going to try to come at him and try to rip him out of the church, but he's going to look back and say, my mom and dad taught me. Oh, yes. Taught me how to pray. Taught me how to fast. Taught me how to read my Bible. Taught me how to, no matter what's going on, always put God first. That's what my parents taught me, and he'll remember that. Oh yeah, they yeah yeah. My I I have my kids to the point right now that, you know, they won't go to sleep if we don't pray. Mm, that's good. Oh man, you know, I, sometimes I get home tired, and I just fall asleep. And my kids now wake up it's one o'clock, two o'clock, and they're still awake. Now, like, what are you guys doing? I was like, we haven't prayed yet. Oh wow. <laughs> they won't, you know. But Thomas, he won't touch his food. If we don't pray over food. That's good. You know, he always pray. You know, they, they're learning. Yeah. But, you know, somebody got to teach them. That's right. Yeah. And it's very important for us to, you know, to train them mm. in the way of the Lord. Yes. Amen. So 
I guess in let's bring this full circle. Such is the kingdom of heaven. These little children. That's what heaven's going to be like. You've got to have childlike faith. Oh yes. You've got to believe like a child believes. You've got to be resilient, forgiving, loving, just like these children are, if you're going to be a part of God's kingdom. But those principles are taught somewhere. And so, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And Brother Blake says it like this, your worst enemy is not going to follow you into heaven. They wouldn't follow you. He says it like this. They wouldn't follow you to an all-you-can-eat buffet for free (laughs) because they're your enemies, right? But your children, they'll follow you anywhere. Oh, anywhere, yeah. And so if I choose to turn away from God and not live for God and I make my bed in hell, guess who's going to go with me? Oh, yeah. My kids. But. That's why every day I wake up, and no matter how tired I am, no matter how done I am, and I just want to throw in a towel, I cannot quit now because there is a kingdom at hand, and I want my kids to make it. Oh, yes, yes. Amen. Yeah, just like pastors say, you know, you you don't go to hell or to heaven alone. Mm. You're going to take someone with you. You're going to take someone with you. you. Know, and, you know, the, and who do you think that's going to be? Your kids. Yeah. They're the they're the one who's watching you and living with you every day. That's right. And kids, man, they, they pick it up quick. Whatever you do, whatever you say, they'll repeat it. Yes, they will. Oh yeah. yeah. Quick. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. my two years old, you know, he's he can see things. Mm-hmm. He can hear things, you know. Sometimes my wife and I get you know, we get in a little argument and he will come to me and he say, Daddy, be nice to mommy. <laughs> Mommy loves you. Yeah. And I'm like, you were playing way over there. How yeah. do you know they're listening. that we were arguing a little bit? You know, it's like, <laughs> it's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. listening. Yeah. What are we speaking? What are we molding? Yeah. Brother Zunix, thank you so much for coming and joining me today. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule and away from your family and your kids to, to come and do this. Um, it has been great. And I am I am encouraged to be a better father because of you. And uh, I want to say thank you so much on behalf of all the listeners and my family, my kids. Thank you for your ministry. Thank you for your walk. And uh, I honor you, and I honor your walk with God. Well, thank you, brother. Thank you for this opportunity. It's a privilege, you know, for me. I was excited about it. So thank you. Well, praise God. Well, we are going to wrap this up. I have future events coming, uh, future guest speakers that I'm excited about. Like and share this episode. Get the word out. Share this episode with a, with a parent. If you know somebody who's got kids, share this with them. It'll be a blessing. Until next time, God bless you in Jesus' name.